Our institutions have become corrupt. Unconstitutional agencies are infringing on your rights. What will it take for you to open your eyes to the tyranny at hand? You're an American born with unalienable rights, yet those rights are being trampled every day by unelected busybodies. Your liberty was secured by strong men and women of yesterday. Are you willing to let it slip away? You're listening to the Dangerous Info Podcast with Jesse James. Do they want elected officials replaced, including members of the school board? Then we're ready to do that too. <laughs> do these families need protection and insulation from further cruelty? from this institution will protect them. We have waited two years for these investigative findings to tell us what all of you already knew. You already knew it. We didn't have to pay $3 million to find it out. It was all there. We paid people to come in from New York, I guess, to write it all down. But it was all there. These campus murders were avoidable. These poor kids, they didn't have a chance. The district was responsible for keeping them safe and secure, and they failed our students and our staff. I look forward to an adequate response to this report, and I personally stand ready to support all of your families and those of the injured with a lot more than just meal trains. Welcome to the strongest economy in American history, Patriots. (laughs) Yup, this is the lunacy they're gaslighting you with. You're listening to the Dangerous Info Podcast with your host, Jesse James. All right, you guys, welcome to the show. This is Saturday. It's December 6, 2023. Welcome to the Dangerous Info Podcast. Welcome to the spiritual battle of our lives. This is not the same world we grew up in. The race to 2030 is now 2025, and the spirits of the Nephilim giants have been passed on to these satanic international elites, and they're trying to gain control over humanity. Are we going to wake up in time for the coming struggle? Well, we're going to find out soon enough, but remember, in the end, God wins. I want to say thanks to all the live listeners, the live viewers, over on Facebook, Rumble, Twitch, Pilled Foxhole, Twitter, CloudHub, and DLive. I'll be checking the Super Chats, the Rumble Rants, any of the gold pills, and if you guys want to get any of your uh, comments in here on the show, please do that at DangerousSuperChats.com. That's DangerousSuperChats.com. Get in here and uh, join in on the fun today. We're going to have a heavy show. Um, let's see here. What else do we have? Oh, I want to say our, our supporters. So our supporters tonight of this show, episode 125, School Board Chaos. This is the Truth for Oxford featuring Dr. Sean Brooks, Bobby Roop, and Katie Carr. You ready for a big one tonight? Our sponsors of the show, Biffermack, Fire Doug. 
Ryan Mansfield Show, Carmen Rosario, Jill Bark, Chad Geyer, Manny Espejo, Michelle Yerkes, Ham Hawk, Dwayne and Teresa Lozowski, Heidi Human, Pastor Eric King, Steph Mee, Cheryl E., and Bonnie Moriarty. And today, our special guest host with me today is Dr. Sean Brooks, everybody. Say hi to Dr. Sean. How you doing there, brother? I'm well. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it's an unexpected show on this Saturday, but I'm glad you're able to uh, fill in for Outcast. Outcast has uh, uh, some priorities today he had to take care of with family, and I'm all good with that. And I'm glad and thankful that you're here to help because this is going to be a tough show. We're talking about the Oxford school uh, shooting and, and, and what's happened since then. Because there's a lot of things that have happened uh, that are current right now that all of this could have been avoided, right? And we're going to get into that today with our guests. And uh, Dr. Sean, when this first happened, uh, first of all, you know what? Let's talk about your episode, your your, uh, your podcast. Uh, Dr. Sean Brooks, uh, he's the host of his own podcast, you guys, American Education FM. I suggest you go over there and check that out because everything about the uh, American education system, what's wrong with it? If there's anything good about it, he'll tell you. But get on over there and check out all his podcasts. Uh, I think you do, what, three a week? Uh, three shows a week? Yep. And uh, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, and, and his show was awesome, you guys. He's uh, he's out there. He's got a website. What's your website? AmericanEducationFM.com. Okay. And all the knowledge and, and, and you know, the knowledge-based stuff with, you know, he talks everything that has to do related with our schools, whether it's the school shootings or the whole COVID policies and, and uh, you know, the, 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 the Marxist ways that these big, uh, you know, schools, uh, you know, treat our kids, uh, just the whole gamut. You guys want to go check out his, check out his show, American Education FM on podcast players everywhere. You're also on, on Rumble. Uh, Clout Hub. Where, where else uh, can they see your show? Rumble and bi- Rumble and Bit shoot for the for video. Of course, there's no video, so you don't you don't see me. But it's an audio show mainly. Yeah, but yeah. Anywhere you where you can listen to podcasts is definitely there. Excellent. All right. Well, good to go. Uh, and you guys go check him out. I'm, I'm going to probably put the link to your uh, sh- uh, episode and everything, your shows on on the description of this link uh, later. So. Again, welcome to everybody watching live. I see some people over here on Twitch, uh, Foxhole, Pilled Foxhole, and also on um, Rumble. So welcome. Uh, the Facebook people, if you guys are out there on Facebook and you're watching live, please let us know. Uh, give us a, a thumbs up or a hi, whatever it is. Um, but we're going to get into the show uh, pretty quickly here. Um, do you have anything you want to lay out ahead of time? Uh, of course, this is not our regular scheduled show uh as you see on the screen right there are, are, we are live monday 7 through 9 uh eastern uh p.m um that's our regular show everybody uh today is just an unexpected one and you'll find out why because there's time uh there's dates that we have to to abide by here coming up this week for our guest so we're trying to get this show out ahead of time so um again dr sean do you have anything to lay out ahead before we get going with the with our guest tonight I'm, I'm interested in hearing what they've experienced, what's going on from beginning to end. Yeah. And then again, kind of at the end, if I can just provide my two cents on kind of a bigger picture. Yeah. And how to get control of something that which is clearly a very hard thing to control, then, you know, I'll, I'll lend my two cents there. But uh, I'm... I'm I'm interested to hear what what they've experienced and, and what's going on. Yeah, well, for for you know people who haven't 
you know, aren't experienced to this, uh, you know, what happened here and have never heard or, or, or just lost touch of it. Um, there's going to be a lot of information, new information, relevant stuff, uh, even down to the week. All right. Uh, you know, like I said, there's, there's, there's a board meeting coming up Tuesday and, um, there's a lot of relevant information that they need to get out to the public. And I, I hope you guys will share this, uh, show as it comes out in the next day or two. Uh, that's that's what's got to happen. So I appreciate everybody being here and watching live. Uh, again, if you have comments, uh, throw them out there. Let let's see them. I want to add them to the to to our situation and into our discussion here today. So, um, with that, I'm going to go over to our other screen and start introducing you guys to our our uh, guest today. Right there, we have Bobby Roop from Truth for Oxford, and also Kristen Carr, Truth for Oxford. How you guys doing? I'm doing good. Good. Good, Kristen. Good. Now, listen, you guys, I'm going to read a little introduction for you guys. It says, today, uh, we are glad to visit with Kristen Carr, Bobby Roop from the group Truth for Oxford, as they discuss what is really happening in Oxford, Michigan, after the tragic shooting, after the tragic shooting that could have been prevented. It's been two years, and they're seeking truth and accountability from those in charge of, quote, keeping our children safe who failed them. The students and parents of Oxford, Michigan, have had enough of all their lies and lack of transparency from their school board after the preventable shooting at their high school on November 30th, 2021, which took the lives of four beautiful students. Um, that the, the lives of Hannah, Tate, Madison, Justin will not be forgotten. And the information that is being hidden by the school board will be discovered. It's only a matter of time. So you guys, welcome to the show, Bobby Roof and Kristen Carr. Um, you guys have been through a lot in the last couple of years. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for having us, Jesse. Yeah, and, and Kristen, um, glad for you know. Did I, are you the one that put together this group, the uh, the Truth for Oxford? Yeah, that kind of has stemmed from the last couple of months and us really digging into the shooting and okay. you know, with Tate's dad and just kind of pulling together for him and the other parents. Okay, good. Well, we introduced each other uh, pre-show, um, you know, so we can get ahead of everybody here. Um, but Bobby, before we get this kicked off, I would like for you to to give us a little prayer, a little hedge of protection over what we're going to talk about today, and uh, you know, hopefully, a little action on on uh, from a prayer will open people's eyes and, and hearts, and, and 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 you know, we can get things done for you guys. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for who you are. Lord, we um, thank you for this podcast, this means of getting information out to people. Um, Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing, uh, even in the midst of this tragedy. Lord, we know uh, that you were even there that day um, through certain people. Uh, you kept certain people safe. Uh, and even in the midst of the storm, Lord, you were there to calm it and to uh, bring a sense of peace, Lord, in, in, in the craziest time of our lives. And Lord, we just ask that you would continue to do that, that you would continue to lead us, um, show us what to do, uh, where to go, uh, what to say. And Lord, just continue to show us um, how to be people that are filled with grace and filled with mercy, Lord. And um, again, we just ask that you would move in a way that would um, bring change to the district. Um, as Jesse mentioned earlier, there's a responsibility to keep these children safe. And Lord, we just ask that you would do that moving forward, that you would um, 
just put a hedge of protection, like he mentioned, uh, around all these little kids, Lord, that you've entrusted us to and you've entrusted the schools to. Lord, again, we ask that you would be with us today as we have this discussion and um, that you would lead us in it. Lord, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Usually uh, it's Outcast, my uh, co-host that does the prayers, and uh, I'm glad you filled in for that. And um, we, we got to get this going. We got to get, you know, I want to hear, let's start right from the beginning. Uh, you know, if you guys want to start at the day of the shooting, it's up to you guys. I know there were some things that uh, were talked about. Uh, Kristen, you have a great um, TikTok account that has documented so much of this. And, uh, you know, be, also before we get going, what do you want to plug? Uh, the Truth for Oxford group that you have on Facebook? I mean, it's the floor is yours to uh, to start off with, Kristen. Um, yeah, so Truth for Oxford, I just kind of started that page a couple months ago. Um, you know, Facebook obviously lim- puts a restriction on some stuff, yeah. uh, especially on my name over the last couple of years. So, um, I'm definitely shadow banned a lot, but wow. my TikTok um, has been blowing up for the last couple of days. You know, I already had a couple thousand followers and I was like, maybe I can go to TikTok and maybe reach more people. And these videos have just blown up. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the students, uh, Jack, his videos at almost four million right now. So people are seeing it and they're engaged and they want to know and they want to help and all of these things. So uh, my name on TikTok is at Mrs. K Carr. So M-R-S-K-K-A-R-R. Okay, excellent. Bobby, do you have any anywhere for people to look for you at or, or are you just mostly on the Facebook pages, the groups? Yeah, probably mostly on Facebook. Okay. Um, I kind of stay in the shadows. Yeah, no, that's good. That's that's a good position to have. You know, it let let us go out there and, and take the brunt, and you come around the backside. So, excellent. So, Kristen, let's. Why don't we start where wherever you want to start? Um, what what makes oh, sense gosh. to you? Yeah. There's um, there's so much I don't even know where to start. Honestly, um, I can give you a I place get, real quick if yeah. you're interested. Yep, go ahead, Doctor Sean, please. And I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, it's just f- for anybody watching this who who doesn't know what's going on, if you can, just make sure that you name the names of the people that are involved, the the former employees, the current employees, you know, set up set up the stage from from after it happened. What what immediately occurred after this? Yeah, can I help yeah, so Kristen? I guess we help? could start with um the day before the shooting. Um, there, there's so much that went on prior to the shooting, but really the core things that happened happened the day before the shooting and obviously hours before the shooting. Um, you know, the shooter was the guy post report details so much, but he was looking up bullets. He was looking at violent videos. He was, um, he brought bullets to class and was showing, you know, fellow students, um, there was just so much that happened and he was, you know, sent down to the counselor's office. They just kind of gave him a slap on the wrist and said, you know, don't, don't look at that stuff anymore. It's not appropriate for school. Sent him back to class the next day. Um, you know, he was sent back to the counseling office 
with, um, I believe his teacher saw him looking at violent videos. Is that what it was, Bobby? There's just so much that it's hard to keep track of the days and all of that stuff. But, um, oh, his, the homework, he drew on his homework, um, you know, a person with a gun and dead bodies and blood and, you know, the thoughts won't stop and all of this stuff that's very, to any normal person is alarming. Um, so his teacher did the right thing and, you know, sent him to the counseling office and, and then, you know. Okay. So yeah. So explain, get into that. What did they see? They, you know, they, they had opportunities to stop him right then and they, they dropped the ball. Did somebody drop the ball? Okay. Yeah. They, um, the counselor, Sean Hopkins, um, called his parents to the school, brought him down to the office. Um, and the parents said, you know, we're not taking him. And the counselor, because there was no threat assessment done, there was, there was nothing for that school to utilize to, they just, they didn't have the resources set up that they were supposed to, to make sure that this didn't happen. So the parents came to the school and said, you know, we're not taking him. And Sean Hopkins, the counselor, just said, okay, well, you know, I think he might be suicidal. He might be a harm to himself, but we don't know what to do with them. So we're just going to send him back to class. And, you know, he went and got his backpack from his class that he was in, that he was pulled from and made a comment about, you know, how heavy it was. And brought it back to the counseling office, never checked it, never called law enforcement, never did anything, never asked about the journal. And it, you know, it's listed in the guidepost report that his dad, you know, the shooter's dad told the counselor, you know, he writes in his journal, all of this stuff. And nobody thought to look at that. Nobody. So they had, yeah, they had the information. Yeah. They had, they had the information that they, uh, they had enough to know that they needed to stop him or investigate him or at least question him, um, have a serious look at him. Now, I remember days before, wasn't there some sort of a, a meeting where uh, the, uh, uh, somebody talked in front of the board about there being an, a live a, uh, was it, uh, active shooter, um, emergency events and protocols that were in place to take care of all that stuff. And then three days later, we get this shooting that happened. So somebody dropped the ball somewhere, multiple people, I I believe. That was um, Jill Lamond. She was an assistant superintendent. She was also responsible for safety and security. Um, She says that she was not responsible for it. Nobody, nobody will take, you know, responsibility for the threat assessment. Of course. For um, the emergency operations plan that they were supposed to have in place. Mm. Nobody takes responsibility for that. So that November 9th video that I posted, um, that was Jill Lamond. And that was in the midst of our mask mandate lawsuit that we started. Yeah, Um, I think it was actually the day that we told them we filed this lawsuit um, and it was filed with the court. Um, And, you know, she goes up there and she says, you know, we'll get it. We'll get it to you next month. So. Obviously, well, two weeks later, we had the shooting. The problem with that is the school district received a $443,000 grant in 2020 
for um, it was through the state, obviously, to develop their emergency operations plan, which was it's a law now that these schools have to develop their EOPs. Um, And they just kind of took that money. Nobody really knows what they did with it. They obviously did not you know, develop the threat assessment protocols and procedures and the, you know, the threat assessment um, groups that they're supposed to put together. They're supposed to be teams that, you know, when they have a threat, when they have a student who they believe may need help or is some sort of threat, they have a team of, you know, the principal, law enforcement, all of these people that they were supposed to have set up um, to deal with these situations. They had none of that. So, They had two years to do that, and they didn't. And the state says that every two years they have to update their EOP, and that EOP also includes doing a vulnerability assessment. So the vulnerability assessment would say, this is where we're lacking in all of these areas. We don't have this set up. Our cameras, we don't have access to our cameras Um, we don't have, uh, you know, the PA system in the courtyard or in the bathrooms, you know, there were so many things that they could have looked at prior to the shooting that 100% could have prevented this. And they didn't do that. Dr. Sean, why does this, none of this surprise me? What she's just explaining here that the, uh, everybody seemed to drop the ball, um, in government education. Why is, why does none of this surprise me? Well, first of all, I remember watching one of the early depositions that took place, court court proceedings. This was before, I think this was, this was around whether or not they were going to charge the parents with anything. And this was the particular hearing where the, the counselor himself testified about what he experienced in his process and his thought process. And he was asked about, again, you know, so what's your policy and what did you do? And it was beyond evident that the counselor certainly was at the point of this entire thing and that and that he wasn't interested in really doing what he was supposed to do, which, as you just stated, Kristen, was he's supposed to call the police. He's supposed to call a resource officer, which allegedly there wasn't one there on campus for some odd reason. And. Uh, and I remember just again watching his watching his testimony and thinking he's to blame. This, I mean, if you're going to blame somebody, this guy didn't follow the policy and procedure that he was supposed to follow, which is remarkably simple. And it's and it's not just statewide; it's pretty much nationwide. The unfortunate part is that there's no policy for incompetence, and you can't vet these people appropriately it, it, while they're working in, in in these environments because again, they're you know, they're, they're, they're paid, right? They, they've signed a contract, they're there. And and they're just trying to always downplay any instance of any wrongdoing whatsoever. And they, again, send them back to class is, is the mantra. That's, that's always going to be their mantra. But I just, I just wanted to state that because I, I remember that very, very vividly and thinking this is the guy to blame. So my only question is, is right now is where is he now? He clearly doesn't work there anymore. Sean Hopkins. Yeah. He he is currently working um, for the district with um, students who, what's the word I'm looking for, Bobby? He works in the district office. With um, kids. No, 
He, oh, yes. He is working at the middle school with troubled youth. Uh, There you go. That's why I'm not surprised, Dr. Sean. Instead of actually doing something proper, getting rid of people in charge like this, they don't get rid of them. They just move them somewhere else. And why is that? I tell you, I've, I've never heard of that in a case of murder. This is crazy. When it comes to murder and somebody being at the point of not following their contractual obligation, firing him should have been immediate. It should have been yeah. immediate. And what Again, we're hearing I, um, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. So the thing about this is, you know, we all believe that he should be fired, obviously, right? Because you were the one that was directly responsible for him. He what we're hearing from the students, he was um, put on administrative leave for a little while afterwards, and he came back and he was wearing a badge around his neck that said number one counselor. So the nerve. Yeah, this is just the the arrogance that this district and these people have. That is just mind blowing. I mean, the more we try to talk about it and piece it all together and try and make sense of everything, Nothing makes any sense. <laughs> it just doesn't. <laughs> There's yeah, no I can make a point about that. So to paint a bigger picture too for the listeners, especially, is that this wasn't just a one day occurrence event that just this kid, you know, came to school with a gun. Like that's how it boiled down to. But really for the weeks leading up to it, there was a lot of other events that took place that caused the whole community to be on edge and especially kids and parents, you know, within Oxford high school specifically. So there was a, I don't know in what order I can't remember now, but I think there was a, there was a deer head incident. It was called where this was an, a different young man who was allegedly on drugs or something, but brought in a chopped the head off of a dead deer and put it into the um, courtyard of the school. He climbed the roof of the school, put this deer head in the courtyard of the school, painted, you know, different things on windows up high in the courtyard and painted um, a pentagram out on the sidewalk. Okay. So when you think of demonic evil spirits, uh, that's a big red flag. And, you know, Kristen and I were in this battle of the masking thing at the time. And we saw this, you know, pentagram we're like, this isn't good. And we even noticed going into these board meetings, like there was a sense of peace, like we were leading pretty, um, you know, civil, uh, it was a civil disobedience charge in the anti-masking thing, right? And then we started knowing that kind of this evil presence almost um, after that happened. And so when we, um, it was like a week or so later after that, there was a, a bird head a baby was it a bird baby bird or bird head uh, found in bird. a jar in a bathroom wow and, and so and so like there was people pulling their kids like kids were not feeling safe mm-hmm. they were all sorts of um different you know things um people emailing the school bringing up these concerns to the school and um you know the there was literally an announcement made by the principal at the time I think over across the whole school that told people everything's fine. There's nothing to worry about. You know, these are all just rumors and don't worry and, and stop reporting them. He actually, I think literally said, stop reporting these rumors. There's nothing wrong. And so like to paint that bigger picture, 
we all knew something was about to happen, literally. And then it did. You know, I brought this question up uh, a long time ago, and, and I might have asked you, Dr. Sean, um, a lot of the schools around here and probably nationwide are involved with this blue ribbon program um, where they, you know, they get these awards and accolades statewide, nationwide, whatever it is. Um, and my question was, you know, if a school is going to want to stay and remain blue ribbon, that means that nothing's going on dangerous at their school, right? So how do you keep things from looking dangerous in the media? Do you suppress things that might give you a bad mark and take away your blue ribbon, take away your funding, take away, you know, things that we don't know, you know, might be paying, playing in the background. Uh, were these reasons or was it a reason like this is what I'm saying is, did he slip through the cracks? Did some of these kids slip through the cracks because administration didn't want to do a flag? because it might jeopardize their blue ribbon status? Just a question that I have. The business of discipline and discipline referrals. Sorry. Uh, No, go go for it. Go ahead. I was, I was just going to say that the business of discipline referrals and the more that a school district has in their eyes, they think that it makes them look bad. The thing that makes them look bad really in reality is them continuing to hide things again. I mean, that's obvious, but uh, it, it has far more to do with looking good in the district's eyes and deleting referrals is very common. It happens every day. Uh, administrators will go behind a teacher's back who's written a referral for a very serious defense, and then they will delete it. And then the student will find their way back into that room And then the teacher doesn't know why. Mm -hmm. And it demoralizes the teacher and it demoralizes everybody that the teacher communicates with. And it demoralizes the other students because the students know what student was responsible for the thing that the referral was written for. And you're talking about a level of gaslighting that is beyond abusive because that's the environment. The environment is designed to be an abusive environment. It is designed that way. It's always been that way. And it's not just about receiving money or receiving positive accolades or positive attention as to why they they hide the referrals. They, Like you said, Jesse, they take it to the media and they'll say, well, this year we only had five referrals for bullying. No. Yeah. There's five referrals for bullying a day. Yeah. Perhaps by just one teacher mm-hmm. in every school in America. So anytime that a school district is opening its mouth about discipline – or policy, they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. And this is really the weight of, of kind of what I want to say a little bit later regarding what, what you have to do. Again, I fully understand. Uh, I understand the situation that many people are in here where you're, it's, I've used this reference before because I was raised with it but from my dad who was in the education business. You're trying to pick up mercury with a fork. Yeah. You're trying to get a hold of something and your arms wrapped around something that you think you can control. And I'm here to tell you that there is a control thing that you can do, and unfortunately, it it is one of the only answers. I'll get to that a little bit later, but I just want to, just for a second, go back to the counselor. If the counselor is still in his position and still being paid by the district, he's only being paid by the district, and, and, well, he's there because 
they're covering for him clearly and they think he has some value to add, which clearly he does not. But he cannot be a paid employee if he's still holding on to his counseling certification or teacher certification. So my question is, is have you gone after his certification at the state at the state level with formal complaints to the Michigan Department of Education? Um, not to my knowledge. Right now, our main focus has been the school board because we're kind of we're like, we got to start somewhere. We would love to get rid of all of these people, obviously. But um, we've been focusing so much on the school board that we're hoping that if one falls, they all fall like dominoes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's there's a very small group of people that are really active in doing this stuff. So it's a lot and we're trying to, you know, grasp at straws here. What do we do? How do we do this? We, and we need that information of, you know, go to the state and go after his certification. That's not even anything that I've thought about this far. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, You might, Jesse, is it all right if I just get into what some moves that you can make? Yeah. And you guys might want to either, you know, take notes or, or when you come back, watch the show again, because he's going to lay out a lot of things here for you. That's going to be helpful as uh you know, to, to, for, to, as arrows to put in your quiver for the future, because uh, yeah. Dr. Sean's been through this stuff. So yeah, go ahead and lay some of this out. Okay. Here, here's what I'll do. Um, I have this all on a word document. I'll move it to Jesse and then Jesse can move it to all of you. I have titles and then the hyperlink to take you right to the website so that you can read up on this and then learn to file these particular complaints. Let me start first with this kind of discrepancy from state to state. Every state is generally the same when it comes to this kind of thing and this kind of move, but there are nuances and slight differences. Uh, With that aside for just a second, it is not an accident that the public parents and even staff members themselves don't know how to file formal complaints. So the process for filing a formal complaint against a staff member or an administrator, for example, school boards aside for a minute, I'll get to them later because there's there's a couple of things that you can do and then a whole lot that you can't do, unfortunately. Every single employee of a school district has certification of some kind all the way up to the superintendent. So the superintendent has superintendent certification, building administrators have certification, Counselors have certification, and then all the teachers have certification. And you have to. If you don't have that, you can't work there. It's that simple. So that's really that's the key. If you can yank that key out of the lock, then they're locked, then they're locked in a room, and that room is somewhere else away from the district. Depending on the severity of the infraction, they can place slight penalties on a, a per, on an educator certification. They can, again, when I say this, I'm talking about all those people I just mentioned, superintendent, principal, the vice principal, even the deans, they have to have certification too, to even be in the building. When you file these formal complaints, you fill out a PDF, which is on the web, it's on a website that's called Department of Education, how to file a complaint. If you even type that into a search box and type in Michigan at the end, the the page will pop right up, read it. And it's a bit misleading because they have the word special in front of it. So it'll say special education complaint form. And people will read that and they'll say, oh, this is just for special education teachers. No, this is for everybody. But any citizen can file a complaint against these individuals and their certification as long as you know that they didn't meet their 
contractual obligations or they broke the law or, you know, they have a DUI. I mean, it can be, it can be whatever it needs to be. If they, if they've touched a kid, if they've hit a kid, if they've threatened a kid, if you have a direct provable complaint, then you can fill these out and, and send them right in. You can mail them to them and then you can email them to them. And I recommend doing both. Once they receive the complaint, they read it. That can take weeks. And then after that, it can, they, they, have a, um, they have a legal obligation to then contact the very individual that the complaint is about. And they send them a letter in the mail. And it shows up and it says, you're being investigated for this. And we will be in contact with you soon and bang. Now, this is what should have happened on day one after the incident regarding the counselor. For anybody who knew that he was directly involved, I would have even done this for any dean who knew about Crumbly. Uh, the principal, same thing. That th This is what should have happened all those, you know, two years ago. Mm -hmm. But, you know, th th that's okay because it can still happen now. Th there's no statute of limitations on this kind of thing. So those those forms get filed and and you you have to be articulate chronological order what they did and it doesn't hurt to have again their codes of conduct. So there's basically two there's two forms that will pop up and that exist within these school districts. One of them is their contract which they they sign once and then it goes in a in a filing cabinet. But then there's the codes of conduct. The codes of conduct have to be signed by every school employee every year. If they that's a contract because there's signatures on it. If they violate the right. codes of codes of conduct, they're violating their contract. So out of the gate, you've got this guy on violating his contract. Uh, th that's enough for him to have sanctions placed on his on his certification. That's enough for him to, at the very least, be suspended. And I'm not talking about paid administrative leave. I'm talking like he can't work for a year in that district and can't work anywhere in any district for a year. Because they keep a database of everybody's names who who have sanctions placed on their certification. So this exists in every state. It, it, it exists nationwide. And, and that's the way that that works. So I recommend doing that for all the players involved because they all have some kind of a certification. Now, if memory serves, your principal resigned, your superintendent resigned, and you had some board members resign. Is that correct? Um, actually the principal at the time received a promotion and he is now an assistant superintendent. I hate to laugh. I hate to laugh, but he has, a, he has a certification too. Yep. Yeah. He has a certification too. find out where he is. If he's still in the state and file a complaint, file a completely different complaint against him yep. for him, not, you know, for him, not following his contract, not following the school policy. Not having a resource officer on site, uh, not not suspending the student immediately, and, and again, you know th this goes back to that that very specified incident in the in the counselor's room when he allegedly looked at the parents and said, "You need to take him," and the and the dad or whoever said, "No, I'm not taking him," and then they said, "Well, we we're, we can't let him sit here in the office." Well, the answer is yes, you could have. Yeah. They right. could have let him sit in the office, of course. They could have put him in in-school suspension, and they could have held him there for the rest of the day and then sent him home and then said, now it's out-of-school suspension. So 
everybody knows that that policy exists, but even that wasn't followed. Right. And as you said, it was, you know, in as the TikTok video at the beginning of this show clearly laid out, it was 100% avoidable, but you have to go after their certification because that's like pulling the rug out from underneath them. Okay. So that's for superintendents, principals, uh, and, and school teachers and counselors and anybody who works inside of the building. Again, they don't tell parents this and they don't tell staff members this on purpose because they don't want you to know what the process is. And there is a process and that actually leads into the school board individuals. This is where the answer is going to be disappointing. There's in the state of Michigan, having looked it up and I can dig a little deeper, but there's not a lot that you can do with elected officials. So much so that your state ethics board clearly states on their front page that they do not oversee nor have jurisdiction over school board members. Yeah. Which then begs the question, well, who does? And this is unfortunately where you'll get the runaround and they'll say, well, just vote in somebody new. Mm -hmm. That's not. You know, you, you can't wait that long and, and, and that's not going to change anything. So this is this is part of the disappointing answer is that it's not going to matter who's on the board, whether they be on the left or right of the political paradigm. They're going to do what all of the associations tell them to do and advise them to do. They're going to listen to their district lawyers. Your district district lawyers should be fired. I mean, they should resign as well, but they won't. They're in it for the money. Yep. They're all in right. it for the cash. So I, I guess that that really leads me uh, – well, you, you may you may want to talk a little bit more about what's been going on more specifically before I kind of provide sort of an end answer and then a response mm-hmm. which would shake the board to the core. Mm-hmm. And it would actually crush the entire district in the blink of an eye. Yeah, let's get into that uh, in, in a little while after they, they do some talk because that's some heavy stuff. So, yeah, go so, ahead. So, Bobby, I did send you a link for the live uh, live stream there on Facebook if you want to share that out to everybody you know okay. too because it is going live. But, um, Bobby, so far, what do you think? You know, you've you've lived through all this stuff. You've heard what you know what's been going on here. What what's your thoughts right now? Yeah, they, I mean, there's been a lot of action from the community, you know, since day one. And then there's been a lot of inaction from the district, you know, and I think about this pretty much every day, um, different angles, approaches, um, you know, Dr. Sean, to your point, you know, what's been going on since day one is the district's been covering themselves. Their attorney has been pulling these strings. And we know firsthand from people that have been on the board um, that the attorney for the district, um, Mullins, is his name has got gotten to the point in some of these closed session meetings where he's yelling at the board members, screaming at them, threatening them, cursing at them, everything. Um, when, when previous board members were trying to speak up and trying to bring light to the situation, trying to share truths, he basically attacked them. And so those two board members resigned, um, as they should have, um, but they, we still have two board members that are on from when the, the, the shooting happened. Uh, we did replace three of them uh, in the previous election. So they've been on the board for a year now, still waiting for them to speak up. Um, they haven't done a whole lot, unfortunately. But I think because they've gotten into this 
system and they've been told that this is how you have to act and you can't speak up right and so we're we're working at the board level um a lot because that's where publicly we can go and get these things out and we can say things um i'll let Kristen speak to it in a second but we have done a um formal complaint against in using district policies against district employees so that just kind of happened uh i think the last couple of weeks so the reality is that um i like the analogy of the the mercury with a fork i mean you can't who's in control of this certainly not the citizens whose taxes pay for it you know something Kristen and i have been fighting for for last you know two years now as parental rights in the schools, you know, just when it came to masking. And that's something that we've tried to speak to the other side on this about, because this isn't, we don't want this to be political, you know, and we've said, listen, we were fighting for parental rights leading up to the shooting. And it wasn't just about masks. Like the masks was the front and center attention grabber at the time, but we wanted parental rights on all aspects and now what these people on the other side have seen is there are no parental rights in the schools. Yep. And the worst of it, like Kristen mentioned, when we kind of got back involved in this whole thing, and it was really earlier this year, maybe around April or May, was listening to Buck Meyer, Tate's dad, get up there at one of the board meetings and just plead for help. And and it was realizing this guy has been asking for help and, and answers and accountability now for a year and a half and he's gotten nowhere, you know? And so that was what kind of really fired us up. It was like, we can't just sit aside anymore. We got to jump into this and try to help how we can. And we have, there's been different things that we've done uh, to bring a lot of accountability to the board. Um, they don't like it that they don't really like us, but um, you know, it's, I don't know. There's, there's a lot to say and think about that. The mm -hmm. subject right now, the reality is, we don't have control over the public schools. It's fully government controlled. And and if you listen to Buck at all, that's his biggest, his biggest complaint. He lost his child in this system. He was murdered in the system and there's literally nothing he can do about it. There's nobody that he can go after this. The, um, what did they call it? Uh, the school has already been deemed, uh, they can't be held accountable. What's the term I'm looking for? Yeah, they have governmental immunity. Yeah. Governmental immunity. So they're hiding behind that veil. The The principal is still within the district. Mm -hmm. He was uh, promoted within the district to this, whatever, superintendent assistant role or whatever. And he shows up to board meetings occasionally with security. Um, the last board meeting we went to, uh, it was, I've been into some prisons uh, visiting people. <laughs> And walking into the school that day, uh, this is elementary school. It was worse than walking into a prison. I mean, they have the metal detectors set up there for us. Uh, there were, had to have been a dozen police officers between county and then these school, you know, whatever they are, for a board meeting. <laughs> and we're like, what are you protect? What are you so afraid of? Like, if you you're admitting guilt by the fact that you're afraid of something happening now. You know, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's defeating, but we're, we're in it for the long run. You know, we're not going anywhere because it, it's going to take time and we're playing the long game. And I think they're, the district is playing the long game as well, hoping that people are going to go away and people did go away mm -hmm. um, for a while, but 
people are back out in force. I mean, that November 14th meeting um, where you had played Marissa's little speech there. I mean, I wasn't there. I wasn't able to be there. Kristen was there, but the the place was packed. I guess there was more people there than ever, you know? So that's my little nutshell of where we're at with that. Well, it just, it it paints a picture, paints a full picture that we're not getting from the mainstream media. Um, They they won't play this stuff. And and it's almost like, um, you know, the government schools, they're, they're just as protected as pharma. Big pharma. I mean, you know, they're all in cahoots against us. We, we the people. Kristen, um, pick up wherever you, you, you feel is appropriate right now because we've, we've talked about a lot now. Dr. Sean brought a ton of stuff for you guys, which I knew he, he knows about. And, and Dr. Sean, were you talking about bonds for the win? I mean, is that what we're talking about? I saw that at the bottom of the screen. Let me mention something about bonds for the win. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, yep. okay, because what bonds for the win is, if you're unfamiliar – it's 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 a template for you to go after the school board members insurance policies because without an insurance policy they can't they can't hold an elected position anymore there's a catch though and it's a big one and this is what people again aren't reporting either is that the bonds for the win process is dependent on current board members who sit there being responsible for hurting children where there is clear damage to the child. Okay. Medically speaking, uh, you would think murder would be clearly a big part of it. Uh, but you also have outgoing district members or I'm sorry, school board members now. So they're gone, which means you can't do anything to them anymore. You can't hold them accountable. But the hook is, is that, if you're going to file a complaint with the district's insurance company against the sco- against the school board members, you have to fill out an affidavit. It has to be line by line of every detail in order, questions that you want them to answer legally. It gets notarized, and then it gets sent to them. The catch, and this is – again, this is the big catch I'm talking about, is that people don't tell people that insurance companies have lawyers, lots of them. And they don't want you to win. If you Now, if you file a claim against them and it's a viable claim, they'll do whatever they have to do to make sure that your claim does not stick. They don't care. I mean, that's why they have lawyers. They have lawyers to defend them from, from complaints. So the likelihood of you winning anything or any monetary amount, even for, even for, again, a a parent who's lost a child in a school is slim. It typically doesn't operate that way. That's why they have the outside charities, you know, the GoFundMes and and things of this nature. This is what can monetarily, uh, you know, attempt to replace uh, the loss of a child, which is impossible. But if people believe that that's going to get rid of a board member, by and large, it doesn't, because not only do you have insurance company lawyers defending them, but you have district lawyers defending them, too. So the unfortunate aspect of all of this is that everybody's getting a very hard lesson in the fact that American K-12 schools are criminal organizations. They operate like criminal organizations. So I have to I have to get into it now. Okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, you kicked the can I open. No so, well, be, okay. be, be, before you do, should we ask if Kristen, you have any questions, comments? Do you want them to keep going, or do you want to add some things right now? Um. So touching on 
basically what you're talking about right now is we have reached out to um, the attorney general, Dana Nessel. She doesn't respond. Um, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, we've reached out to her countless times with complaints, with emails, with phone calls, with everything under the sun, and they just ignore us. But here's the thing. They showed up for our vigil that we had a couple days after the shooting. Um, You know, they... Gretchen Whitmer asked to come to their funerals. All of this, it's just a, a political. And they, yeah, they, the they know that they have a chokehold on us because the governor's going to protect the attorney general. They're going to protect each other. The attorney general is going to protect the sheriff's office, which we know that they have, they have a role in this entire thing as well. Um, Everybody is protecting everybody else. The prosecutor is protecting the sheriff's office. The attorney general is going to protect the prosecutor. So it's just every every way we go, we just hit a brick wall because everybody's protecting everybody. Except for the children. They're they're protecting themselves and each other, but not the children. It's not about our kids that are still in the district. It's not about the kids that were murdered. It's not about the kids that were injured or the 2000 that have PTSD now yep. it's about covering themselves. And it's just like a, a, a nonstop battle. Yep. Well, you know, Dr. Sean, he's got a lot of stuff to say and um, it's going to be hard for some people to hear it, but think, 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 yeah. think it through, think it through because I've thought it through years ago and it just, it's, it makes so much sense. Um, but you know, go ahead, Dr. Sean, you, they need to hear, hear this. Well, let me let me run run you through a hypothetical, and I'll I'll provide this caveat, which is you actually have all of the control. They have none as politicians. They don't have any as a school district. It's the public that has everything, but it depends on what the public is willing to do. And what I can tell you is that every politician, Nestle, Whitmer, the local politicians, and clearly the local school board. And even the firms, which I watched in your last board meeting, you're now shopping for firms to look for a superintendent. So let me explain that process very quickly, too, because this is something that, again, is the illusion of choice. They bring in these firms, and the people who work for them are all associated with superintendent associations. Every state in the United States has a superintendent association. They operate like a secret society. These are some of the worst humans on the face of the planet. And they move these people around. It's a shell game, but they move them around from state to state or within an entire state. And the reason it's the illusion of choice is is that they've already made their choice in Oxford. They already know who their superintendent is going to be. Yes, it might be one or two people, but this like, we've got 10 candidates. They're lying to you. They have it broken down to two people already because all the firms communicate with one another. Now, what kind of a person are these firms going to pick? They're going to pick people to present to the board that fit their political ideologies, which we know there are hard left, remarkably degenerate for a variety of reasons. So much so, I recommend everybody go back and watch the first hour at least the first hour of that four-hour board meeting because the second guy 
Um, so it's the second firm. The first firm was terrible, but the second firm where it's just the one guy in the tan coat, he's sitting at the table. He openly talks about how the people that he works with in the firm have these political ideologies. He said, so these are the two people that are going to find your superintendent for you. One of them is all about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and she's a woman. And this other guy's all about sports and athletic directors. So we like to think that we bring them all in together and you know, they'll make up and, and, and find the best person for you. That's what they tell everybody. Yep. It's, it's just a, it's a con game. So yeah. it's the illusion of choice. Are, like you said, yep. that's right. All these firms are working together to provide very little choice and nothing will change. Absolutely nothing. No incoming superintendent is going to get rid of anybody. That's not going to happen. What they'll, what they'll say is male or female, they'll say, I understand it's a very difficult uh, situation here. There's a lot of emotion. You'll hear all of that political jargon that will happen, but nothing will change. So here's the hypothetical situation that has not occurred in the United States yet. And if it did, where you live, it would it would send a massive panic, but a permanent panic, not just through your district and your town and your state, but the entire nation. And this is huge. And you and this the ball is in your court. I don't know how many parents you have who align with you on wanting the right thing to be done. I don't know how many students are, are aligned with you. I heard the woman say, you know, we're 2000 strong. That's fantastic. If that's, you know, a couple hundred students, if it's more than that, that's great. But hypothetically, if everybody left the district permanently, and I mean, they used a Becca.com to homeschool their children. So again, if I've say, I say it on my show all the time. If your child can read and write, they can teach themselves. They don't need an instructor, and they don't need a parent over their shoulder. I fully understand that there are lots of different circumstances with children who have needs, and and maybe they need more supervision. By law, a school district still would – if the school district collapsed, the school would still have to have a building for those students to go to. So – I don't want people to say, well, I have to send my kid because I'm working full time and he's handicapped in some way. So, you know, that th- th- this is an impossible scenario for me. Th- the long term reverberating effect of what occurs is something that people haven't seen yet before, but it's an inevitability if this were to happen. Just imagine that everybody left the district either the same day in a coordinated attack against the district or. You left in the same week, and at the end of the week, the administrators in the buildings are going, where the hell did everybody go? There's no students here anymore. What's happening? If the, the, Their phones would be ringing off the hook with parents calling and saying, I'm unenrolling my child from your district permanently. My name is so-and-so. Goodbye. And then they hang up. The phone would be constant, okay? This hasn't happened yet across the nation at all. Regardless of the violent situation or the political stuff or the mask wearing or the jab taking, none of it. It it just hasn't happened yet. If that were to happen, here's what would happen from the top down. With no students there, it would bring immediate state attention. The state would say, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's going on there now? Everybody for the entire year right now already has their money. So... Something to keep in mind is, is that 
A school district doesn't get its money for the next year until the end of the spring. That's when they know how many students they're going to have. That's how they know how many teachers they're going to have. They have the set, set amount of teachers based on the number of students. And yes, in this situation, good people are going to lose their jobs. Good employees of these school districts who are teachers, aides, you name it, they're, they're going to get fired because there's not going to be anybody there to teach anymore. If that happens, the state will panic and they will say something is going on there and we can't have this because they don't want to level the buildings. They don't want property taxes to change. They don't want any of that to happen. So the state will quite literally come down and they will beg. They will beg parents the same way. And you may recall this, and I've brought this up on my show beyond embarrassing when when school teachers during the COVID lie were running around with signs in their cars going, we miss you, come back. You know, it's going to be safe in a couple of weeks. Remember all that stuff? All of that was a psychological operation. Like, you need us. Mm-hmm. We're government. You need us. You can't learn in your home. You can't learn by yourself, even though that's what we're doing right now. And the smartest students are the ones that don't attend school. They don't attend public school. They don't attend private charter schools. The real valedictorians of your town are the ones that are teaching themselves at home for a few hours a day. And then they're playing and they're reading and they're living their life. Those are the people that are in real control. So it it really is about changing a mind frame within the people who have always attended the public school apparatus as a parent. I mean, this has always been part of the brainwashing, and we've all been a victim of it, myself included. We've all been a victim of that. It's about about ending that cycle of abuse and stopping it dead in its tracks. So to continue that train of thought, the state panics. They show up, and they will quite literally start asking a bunch of questions, begging everybody to come back, and then they will cut loose every single school board member, all of them. They'll replace all of them. They'll fire them all, elected or not, because ultimately the people at the state are in charge. They'll get rid of every single one of them, and they'll bring in their own people. Now, this isn't going to get better. It's going to get worse, and everybody's going to see how it's going to get worse. Yep. Because then they not only bring in their own temporary school board members, but then they'll try to have an election for those individuals. Now, if you wanted to try to fix a system that you can't fix, even if that changes, you could try to run for school board then. But you'd you'd just be kicking the can down the road and continuing the cycle of abuse. You see what I'm saying? It's It's like a dating relationship or an abusive marriage. You're getting punched in the face. They're giving you flowers. They're promising they're never going to do it again. You say, oh, okay, and then you go back, and then they punch you in the face again. It's, it's, it's that over and over and over again. The only way to leave that abusive relationship is to leave permanently, and, and then you can breathe a sigh of relief. Your mind, your child's mind, everybody's mind will, will change and reach new heights, the likes of which people can't possibly imagine. But then what they'll do too is they'll start cutting administrators because they have no choice because, again, there's nobody there. They'll start firing people, and then before you know it, there's a for sale sign in the front door of all of those buildings, and they'll sell them to a hospital conglomerate or a mental institution. And, I mean, let's face it, they're trying to be hospitals and mental institutions right now, and that's what's (laughs) been going on this entire time. But if everybody walked away permanently – 
and it can be coordinated. And if it's coordinated, like I said earlier, that's where you, that's where it would get immediate media attention. And this would go across the board and it would get media attention because of Crumbly and what he did to those four students. Yep. That's, that's the hook, so to speak, because it's, it would be, it would be unavoidable. It would be, you, you can't possibly ignore such a thing. I mean, you can see the headline. There are no students at the Oxford School District anymore. The same school district where Ethan Crumbly killed four students and injured another. And they'll go, well, why? And they'll say, and then they'll, tr- they'll try to reach out to parents. And, they'll, and those parents will say, we've left because we're homeschooling our children and we're not sending them here anymore because mm-hmm. there's no accountability. Goodbye. And then they hang up. And then they try to reach out a next parent. That next parent has to say the exact same thing that that previous parent said word for word. So it has to be coordinated. It has to be a, a precise strike on the entire district and the entire apparatus, and they will cease to exist. That's my take. Yeah. And, and, and you, have a, you have a golden opportunity here if you have the numbers. But even if you don't, it's still the thing to do because you want to protect your children. And, and again, the illusion of safety is always one of those things that occurs within these districts. And it's not just shooting, stabbing, drug dealing, sexual abuse, whatever. The things that they're learning in the classroom are not factually accurate. They're being brainwashed. This is, I, don't, I don't use that term lightly. It is torture. It is mental brainwashing. And it is the cycle of abuse. And the way to stop it is to stop going. Mm-hmm. I understand that changes different things and it moves things around for people, but I'm telling you, it's the, the grass is greener on the other side. It really is. You know, that's, that's, a, that's <laughs> Dr. Sean, we, me yeah. and you, we talk about this kind of thing a lot and it, it's, it's a big, big idea for people to grasp because a lot of people freak out when you say the word homeschool, we don't know how to do it. Well, I tell you what, you guys, it does not look like public or government school. You don't sit there no. for eight hours and do this, these things because that's not how a person learns. A person learns and what they're interested in and just do that thing until they've mastered it. Then they have some something else that they like to learn about until they mastered it. Okay. I have a uh, homeschool with uh, uh, option Becca.com on here. We're not affiliated with Becca.com, but if you go yeah. online and check out their programs, uh, th- there's a lot of different ones you can choose, but a Becca is a great one. Dr. Sean, he can attest to that. Um, they like have a I said, YouTube channel. Watch their watch their YouTube videos. Yeah, it's you're it's, not gonna you're not gonna see an unhappy family. And I've had endless families email me and say, "Sean, we finally did it. We made the move. We've listened to your show. We we get it. We finally sat down enough times at the dinner table. We're done." And we left. And they always say the same thing. Every single one of them. Why didn't we do this sooner? Mm-hmm. We were wasting so much time yelling into microphones and complaining and huffing and puffing about how the mafia continues to act like the mafia. They're not going to stop. They, they, they're they laughing at you. I, I you know, as, as disrespectful as that is, they're laughing at me too mm-hmm. because they, they know that people aren't going to do the thing that I just suggested. I mean, they, they literally laugh at you behind closed doors and even to your faces. And they do this with all of us, yeah. myself too. So – well, look, they don't inf- give them anything to laugh about. They infiltrated our education system back in the 1830s, you know, and it's just been worse ever since. And, yeah, you yeah. know, we hate bringing all this up to you guys. I mean, he said a lot there. I want to hear what you guys have to say, Kristen and, and Bobby. I mean, 
is this so even yeah things. go ahead go ahead yeah to your point about they laugh at us and i i just said this you know this last week after being at the board meeting or two weeks ago it's like everybody that's going to speak up at those board meetings are still enrolling their children in that school right and so the board members sit there it's like you guys are all talk but you keep sending your kids to us mm-hmm. you know and so that's point number one um and i agree with you there the other thing you know, Michigan right now, as far as homeschooling goes, is one of the best states in the country, surprisingly. I think, you know, but just in the last week, there's been this new push from the left to now they want to register and they're trying to set some law to register children, homeschooling children. And again, it's it's so funny because it's in the guise of safety, right? And there I saw something the other day is like, well, this certain guy abused these children and we never knew about it and we don't want that to happen again. And so we need to start registering homeschool students just so we know that they are being educated. That's not when we all know that that's not really why they want to register it. Mm-hmm. Um, because once they register, then they can control it and um, regulate. But currently, Michigan is one of the best in the country. So we're we're leaning. I, you know, Kristen, and I talk a lot about that individually, but um that is definitely something to consider. The The biggest thing with Oxford is this, again, this long game that they've been on. And so the shooting happened November 30th. Um, the school closed, the high school closed until some point in January. But there was a big push and a big rush at that time. And the, I want to say it's one of the only schools that had a school shooting, if not the only school, that reopened the doors. Um, but they did it within let's just say a month and a half. And there was a huge push in this huge, let's call it a propaganda campaign to look at all the, you know, fresh paint that we put on the walls and we put fresh carpet down on the floor and uh, clear backpacks. And we're doing this and doing that to make people feel safe. Right. And they did it. The people sent their kids back um, within a month and a half, like 90 over 90% of the students uh, went back to school, um, you know, and it, so again, to your point, I, I don't know that we can get the people to do what you're saying to do because they were the first ones running into the doors, you know? And so if it was going to happen, it should have happened then. Um, I, I don't think it's too late, but it's what it is now. It's a slow drip and there's constant people that are removing their kids, uh, constant people that are leaving the district, um, and they, the government knew that. I talked with people uh, that were involved early on. The Department of Homeland Security moved in within a week, set up a, a station here in Oxford, and basically they had, you know, it's it's a it was a playbook of sorts that said this is what's going to happen and when people are going to start selling their houses, they're going to be moving. All of this stuff is going to play out just like this, and it's based off of all the other shootings that happened, historical data. Um, so how did they circumvent that? Well, let's hurry up and get these kids back to school as soon as possible. So they don't believe that they can exist without it. Right. Yep, that's so right. Get their mind. I off just, it. I think <sighs> what's happening now, it's just enough people um, pulling their kids slowly. We hear the excuses all the time and, and it's their logical, real excuses. What do you do with your kids? People aren't set up. Our society is not set up um, to have, you know, a stay at home mom who educates the children, right? It's set up differently. 
So something we've been talking about is um, how do we start up co-op groups and, and scale that up to where one mom isn't responsible for the kids every day of the week, right? Mm-hmm. We could, I've told Kristen this, we need five families. Each family has one day that they take the kids on and the kids go to their house that day and the mom takes care of them. And then the other moms have their time of doing whatever they need to do. And then the next day, the kids go to a different house and the different house, different house, different house. And, and that's how I think we need to change this education system in, in our country mm-hmm. or, and, or, and we've talked about, um, we could just hire a teacher, pay her 60, 70 K a year, find enough parents to chip in on that. You get 10 families to chip in at 7,000 a year. And now you have a teacher that teaches your kids what they want to be taught. You know, so there's so many options. It's just, it's cutting the umbilical cord, you know, and, and it's hard to get people to even think about that. Kristen, where are you at on all this? Um, so it's funny what you said about uh, the superintendent. I told Bobby a couple of weeks ago, I said, they already have their superintendent picked. This is just such a show for the community. They already know who they're picking. They knew before that meeting who they were picking. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, during the mask mandate, we were trying very hard to push people to at least at least step one, send their kids to school without masks. And we how many people did we have, Bobby? Maybe 100. Mm -hmm. That first week. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a lot of people probably a hundred ish across all the different schools um, because kids were getting sent home. <laughs> yeah. Stopped at so, the door. I, I remember watching you guys go through that and seeing all those pictures and I kept rooting you guys on, keep doing it, keep doing it. It's, it's, you know, send them to school. People fell away. You know, they couldn't, couldn't stick with it. Okay. Yeah. That's the problem is even when these parents are, and I'm guilty of it too. Um, but they, See, I sent my kid to school every day for nine days without a mask, and they sent him home every single day. And then, you know, we had this school shooting happen, but, you know, the shooter doesn't get sent home. That's another point that I like to make is if, you know, I wouldn't have went and got my son every single day when they called me, they would have called law enforcement and they would have called CPS. Yeah. And they threatened that. They said that to several parents. If you don't yeah. get your kid, we're going to call law enforcement or CPS. But then the shooter, <laughs> to that point, I mean, that's a major point in this right. that people miss. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that, that goes to tell you the state, the state is in control of all this stuff. Not you, none of us. Yeah. The state is in control of what we're doing. So you can, you can either continue to, to keep playing the state's game or just get out of it. Um, and it like, again, this, yeah. it's not that easy. It's not as easy as I said, although I have an here on Twitch. She says everything that Bobby just talked about was done in California during and after the COVID years. It worked like a charm. And Bobby, there are people, uh, families right here locally that I know of kids have never gone to public school, government education. They've all homeschooled because right around us right here, there's co-op things, there's co-op families. Uh, that you just have to be connected into that network. They're already here. Okay. Yeah. And what's I'm- interesting too, to that point. So my wife, she graduated from OU with an elementary education degree and she was brainwashed while she was there 
to believe that homeschool was the devil, right? Yes. Because yep. why? Because there is no government oversight. Yep. Because there's no accountability. And now I've we've seen that, right? We've seen both sides of the homeschooling where there's kids that literally don't learn anything. You know, like they don't learn how to truly read and write. And because of that, I know people in their twenties, these kids that I mean, they're anchors to society for lack of better terms. Mm-hmm. But you can't say <clears throat> You know, like that's the reason now we shouldn't do it because this one family neglected that. I mean, that's kind of a form of neglect in that sense. But there's a lot of people I know as well. Some of the smartest kids I know were homeschooled. One family, they had a girl that went on to West Point, you know, homeschool education. The other daughter went to Bama with a full ride, you know, and so it can be done well and right. And at the same point, look at the public school system, though, too. How many kids go through um, the public school system and still are not able to function in society? A lot of them. But we never think about it, you know, because they graduate, they get the diploma, mm-hmm. and then you never see them again. Uh, another comment from Ivanel right here on Twitch. She says, well, <clears throat> colleges of education do not want parents to realize that the parents are the best teachers. My gosh, what would those colleges do if no teachers were needed? Right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, I want to add something to that. That's a that's a very accurate comment. There are endless red flags and signs and signals that the entire system is collapsing. It will cease to exist in our lifetime. Mark my words, I guarantee it. It will. The, the number of individuals homeschooling their children is is changing and increasing dramatically because parents are waking up and they're changing the way that they are being parents. Again, when I was growing up, my parents left us, my, my brother and I at home all of the time. They weren't negligent. They just taught, they taught us what to do when we were at home. Mm-hmm. Don't answer the door if the bell, if, if the doorbell rings, this was back before cell phones too. So if the phone rings, you know, don't answer it. If the dog barks, let him bark. But you know, you guys need to stay here you know, don't go down the street, stay in the home, do this, do that. Now with the connectivity that everybody has, parents can reach out to their children who are staying home all day long and, and talk to them constantly. And again, there's a routine change that has to change. It's a complete lifestyle. It's just like the term diet. When somebody says they're going on a diet, I go, good luck. <laughs> but yep. if somebody says I'm changing my lifestyle, there you go. That's the person who's changing everything. They're not just changing what they're eating and what they're drinking. They're, they're going to change a whole lot of other stuff. And when that happens, it's going to open up endless opportunities. And again, they're always going to come back and say to themselves, why didn't I do this sooner? I could have done this sooner. And I understand that everything is on God's timeline, but he's screaming at us and, and our departed ancestors. And I'm certain that the four departed from that school are saying, you've got to get out of there. They're yeah. not going to change and they aren't. Yeah. And, you know, going with that, you know, the, the, the homeschooling versus the public education, the government schooling. Listen, how many kids get shot up at homeschool? How many kids are getting bullied at homeschool? How many kids are getting, uh, you know, traumatized at homeschool? How many kids uh, r- right here? Literally, she says no K-12 student in any Washington state, state school needs to be literate or have any math magical or mathematical education to graduate. That's in the state of Washington, you guys. That's how low those standards have become. What are our kids learning there? 
They're not learning how to become. Do kids know how to learn how to do their taxes when they graduate? Nope. Mm -hmm. Do they know how to do practical things around the house when they graduate? Nope. But they can tell you all these theor uh, theories and all these, uh, you know, the, you know, these uh, magical math skills that don't don't have anything to do with real life. Well, it's back to your point you made earlier is that the kids, um, the districts and Oxford's not a, a blue ribbon school, but it's an IB school. Mm. And so it's probably something similar. But uh, say what that I, means. I, IB. Tell them what that so means. International Baccalaureate, which is a whole nother. We could have a whole other podcast about Uni China. United and, Nations. Yep. Yep. But um, they don't want kids to fail. Right. And so how do they prevent kids from failing? Well, they just lower the bar their grades <laughs> up enough and push them through the doors, you know? And so I say it all the time. I ask people when we talk about schools, I say, what is the product that the school is selling? Is the product the school is selling really education? Most people would think that it is. My belief is the product is the child and the school is selling the child to the state. And how, how do I back that up? Because every child that's there, the state pays the school a certain amount of money for that child. And so the product that the, the district sells is children, right? And it's not the education. They want more kids. And so we have um, a lady named Callie who's super smart that um, is within our district. And this lady, we always joke, she's got her receipts on everything. Um, this lady's got so much information and background on Oxford. It's ridiculous, but she's done the math and it's like over 50% of enrolled students in Oxford district are out of district students. Okay. So Dr. Sean, when you brought up this idea of collapsing the schools and they'd still have to provide a building for the kids in that district, that's how it should be anyway. Like for the 50% of enrollment, that's all they should be truly providing the education for. However, they want to scale up because they want more money and they want to buy more property or do more things. And so now 50%, and I forget the number, maybe 6,000 kids of the district, only 3,000 are kids within the district. All the other 3,000 are from Pontiac surrounding areas yeah. using school of choice. You know, and so it's just become, during COVID, it was brought to our attention when we were talking about suing the district or them going against the mass mandate. They said it would collapse the district financially and that this is the biggest business in this area. And I'd never thought about that before. <clears throat> the biggest business. Yep. And so it's employing hundreds of people. And like you said again, Dr. Sean, these are people that I know, friends of mine, you know, mm -hmm. the people that go to my church that work within the district because that's a business. And so if it collapsed, those would be friends of mine that would lose their jobs. But I, that, I would still say that's what needs to happen. Kristen, mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you know, the, the, there's well. something that happens in California and, and it happens in every state is there are, like you, like you suggested earlier, there are buildings that these parents are getting together. They're pooling their money and even other employees who still want to teach and they're, and they're renting out a building and they're leasing out a building. Mm -hmm. What's the curriculum they're using? They're using a Becca.com. All the materials show up to the front door, the books, the workbooks, a Bible, and then they get on they get on a computer and they watch actual instruction from an actual teacher showing them particular things. And it's not eight hours a day. 
It's not that workday mentality. No. Again, that's why I, I I get tired of people that I hear who have never been in the business, for example, scream homeschool at the top of their lungs without providing the step-by-step process of of what that entails and what that means. And the, the mind frame has to change in the parent first. And then as I've recommended on my show, and Jesse said the same thing on his, you know, you get on a Becca and you read their website. You just start to familiarize yourself with with what it can offer and, and what it actually is and how not complicated it is. And you think of all the complication that exists in an American public, private, or charter school, it's it's overwhelming. And then when, when all of that goes away, you can breathe a sigh of relief knowing that you're doing the right thing and you're keeping yourself as a family and your child safe and children safe. Now, Nestle made the move that she's made regarding the homeschooling kids and trying to get that whole thing going of registering them and having somebody knock on your door and make sure that they're learning something and all of that. That's one of the red flags I mentioned earlier. She knows that homeschooling is dominating. She knows that the American public school system is corrupt and collapsing because more and more people are waking up by the day. There's no avoiding that. And endless states are, are starting to do this more and more. In Ohio, for example, there's a bill, which I brought up on my show, House Bill 83, if I'm not mistaken, but they're basically trying to destroy the First Amendment. But they're selling it to the public by saying, look, we're not going to teach the diversity, equity, and inclusion stuff anymore in the schools. So the people on the right are going, yeah, we're going to keep our kids in school because all the gay stuff's going to go away. And then on the left, the left is going, this is terrible. We, that's all we want to talk about in school. They're both being tricked. They're both being tricked. It's, true. it's keeping people from talking about controversial issues. You can't mm-hmm. bring up a stolen election. You can't talk about you can't question anything in an America in a in a future Ohio school. So the politicians are playing both sides by using headlines. They're naive and they're believing it, and everybody's being fooled. Mm-hmm. So th- that's part of the game. And just like in Oxford, same thing with the administrators and the firms looking for a superintendent. They're gaslighting. Excuse me. They're gaslighting everybody. They they have their choice, as you as you all said, and as you all know. And, and they'll just keep moving these administrators around because it looks like a new face. Mm-hmm. So don't worry. The problems of the past aren't going to return. Now, they're, they're always there. But if you walk away, that's the thing that they're never expecting. And if you walk away in mass, they'll never see it coming. Right. And they're, and they're even laughing at me saying that right now if they watch this. They're going, ha, 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 they're not going to do that. Well, <laughs> give them the thing that they're not expecting. Put their back against the wall and then pull the rug out from underneath them and see how they like it. But but never return. Never give them that that extra uh, that extra dollar sign. And that's why, again, they they don't expel students. They didn't expel the kid with a cut off deer head. They didn't expel the kid who brought the dead bird. They didn't expel Ethan Crumbly. They could have done all of those things. But but there's a tag in their ear like a like a piece of cattle that has a dollar sign on it. And every time you send them, they're cashing in. So, listen, government education. Yeah, good, great points there, Doctor Sean. But government education has been normalized. They made us all busy as parents. They've normalized, uh, you know, being away from the home all day. They've normalized letting others teach your kids. Who knows what they're teaching them? We don't know. I mean, they're normalizing, changing their names in school. When they come home, they're a different name. Back to the name you gave them. They go to school the next day, they go by a different name. You don't even know it. They've normalized government education, you guys. 
what are we going to do about it? We can sit here and keep doing all these things and fighting a, a never ending battle. But until we go head on with the problem, nothing's going to change. We're going to be in this quagmire. Uh, we've said a lot of heavy things today. You, um, you said, Bobby, too, just to I'll, I'll stop talking, I promise. But, Bobby, you said it yourself, it's a business. If the business doesn't have customers, they can't be a business anymore. Okay. It doesn't matter what kind of business they're running. Mm -hmm. If there's no one there, then then they have to start firing people. They have to start cutting people. And then the business collapses. But there, but there would be a level of panic that would happen at the state level where they would literally beg you to come back. And that's when you give them a giant middle finger and you say, we're not coming back. We're awake now. We know what's going on. So... Kristen, I want to hear from God you. God bless you for what yeah. you're doing, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, you're, you're, I think the, yeah. I would love for that to happen. I homeschooled my kids for a year. I don't remember how long it was during COVID. Um, I would love to see that happen. I just don't know about the support of this community. Like the, the culture in Oxford is very strange. Um, and, you know, like we tried it with the mask mandate. We tried getting everyone to either pull your kids out of the district or, you know, send them without a mask. And it was like, yeah, we had 100 kids. But, you know, it's getting these people, like you said, Bobby, to cut the umbilical cord and do it. I don't know. I guess maybe if we had another option for these people that maybe they would think about it. But like you said, I think it's like prime time right now where people are just, you know, they're fed up with it. But then I say that, and then we have like 10 people show up to the board meetings. So it's like, you feel like you have this army behind you, but people are just so tired and exhausted and beat down and trying to grieve and trying to heal and trying to do all of these things. I mean, I guess I, that's probably what they want to see us go through. Yeah, it is. Um, <clears throat> that's exactly it. They're putting us yeah. through like a, a ritual, uh, a sadistic ritual is what it is for them. It seems like it, whether they know it or not from the top, that's what what's happening. Yeah, it's their trauma rituals and they, they do it to us constantly. You know, the, the day after the two-year anniversary of the shooting, my son's school had an Alice alarm go off uh, throughout the school where the PA system said, uh, you know, this is an Alice lockdown. There's a violent intruder in the school. Mm. You know, this is not a drill. So all of these kids that have siblings that were in the high school and teachers that were in the high school and all of these kids – you know, they're re-traumatized and, you know, they can't come up with a reason that this happened. It was like a failure in their system. And yeah, it's, it's just like a never ending battle. And mm -hmm. it's a, I feel like it's a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. and I think these parents just need to come out of it and I'm guilty of it too. I send my kid there every day, but yep. you know, he's special needs and you know, he needs all these services and all of that. And it's not an excuse, but it's like getting those people to take the leap and do it. I would love to do it. I just don't know how much support we would have for that. Well, I think it starts with talking about it. I mean, th this conversation today here is gone in a little bit different um, 
fashion than I thought, which is a good good thing. I think this has gone into a, a, a I like where it's at. Okay. Um, Ivanel here says organize a town hall for the parents of the district and roll out a plan to escape the bondage. Okay, that's one good thing. But I think Kristen, what you're you you you're hitting it right right on the head with the parents. But I think the parents' minds need to be opened up first to realize. Yeah. They might need to see this right here because Dr. Sean brought up a lot of things that people don't think about on a regular basis. They just want to fight the school board, fight the school board. Actually, it's way bigger than that. We don't need to fight the school board at all. We just need to go over here. You know, but that's the mindset that people are trapped in is that you have to fight school board. No, pick all your stuff up and don't go back. There it is. Yeah. But you you, you got to change your family routine for that. There's, it, so it's yeah. it's a big thing. Like, it's a big, go ahead. We're like stuck in like this battle of, I want to just be done with it and not think about it anymore, which is what I did for a little while. I, I moved from Oxford. My oldest son is still in the school district. But, mm-hmm. but then also like people like me and Bobby and Callie and all these people that are like, no, I still want to fight for these families. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a very tough spot to be in where you want to fight for what's right, but you also just don't want to deal with it. But you know that four kids were murdered yeah. and you know, all these kids are traumatized and it's like, how do you just, walk away from that, you know? Well, I, I'm not saying walk away from the trauma and all that stuff. I'm saying maybe what, as with the discussion we had today is, can you have the same discussion in the same fashion with these parents? Because a lot of them, I'm telling you, aren't thinking this way. They're thinking just fight the school board, fight the score. Maybe if they need to see, you know, if they watch this or if you guys talk to them and say, look, maybe, you know, our fight is good and, it, and it's true and strong, but maybe it's in the wrong place. What if we get this family next yeah. weekend to say, hey, you know what? You guys are right. Maybe we should take the fight and turn it in a different direction. If you get enough people thinking that, well, you can still continue the fight. You just turn it into a different direction where you're actually going to control the fight and the outcome of the fight. Okay. Right. So, you know, if anything good comes out of all this, I mean, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it too, because there's, there's so many good things and suggestions that have been said and tactics here. Um, that I think you can formulate a plan to, to, to actually do this. I think, I think getting into the barrier of the mind of people's minds is the first step and just reorganize the fight. Go ahead, Dr. Sean. Yeah, that's it. That was, that was going to be my point. There's an old saying, if you want to move a mountain, you have to start with small stones and the small stones are yourselves. Mm -hmm. If, 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 if you, if you do it first, then somebody's going to say, Hey, so are you not sending your kids anymore? And you say, no, I'm not. Well, what are you doing? Well, I'm doing, I'm doing this. We're doing this and this is what we're doing. And we're never going back. That, that alone will reverberate like throwing a boulder into the middle of Lake Superior and people are going to go, Oh my gosh. Okay. More people are leaving. What, what am I, what am I not doing? Mm-hmm. Again, I hear the same things too, from the current employees within schools. They're saying the same things. I mean, they have the same frustrations that you have. And these are the people who are awake, not the people that went along with the mask wearing and all the abuse. But you got to start with small stones. And we are the small stones one at a time. You know, when it when it comes to fighting for fighting for people who are not yourself and fighting for other families. 
you know, that's a that's a difficult thing. It proves that you're compassionate people and it can proves that it proves that you're empathetic and you want the best for them, too. But there's there's personal responsibility there also. And communicating with with your, you know, with your your spouses and your, and your other family members and talking with your children about it. Because as even Bobby said earlier, you know, the, all the propaganda about they have to be here, they have to be here, and the, all that socialization propaganda, and will you have to play a sport and be a part of a club? I mean, it's a giant con game, and it, and it always mm-hmm. has been, but it, that's not going to change. That's not going to go away. The Oxford School District is moving forward like a bulldozer, mm-hmm. and they're not going to stop, uh, and – Yes, you you can you can lead a horse to water. You can't make it drink, and sometimes you can't lead the horse to water at all because it's just not going to budge. And if it doesn't budge, then you got to walk away from the horse and say you're on your own. I tried helping you. I tried warning you, but now we're moving closer to water, and we're going to take a drink as often as we want, and we're going to be free from all of this. And and that's how we're operating. So you, the the fortunate part is is that you have this communication apparatus set up through your Facebook groups and, and truth for Oxford and all of that, you're constantly communicating about what's going on. Uh, I would just provide a suggestion, which is if you shift your energy toward getting away from the school district, that's going to make the school district panic. And you're, and you're going to, you're going to be putting your energy in something you can control rather than trying to constantly wrap your arms around something that you can't. Uh, let, let me give you a quick example. And then I promise I'll shut up. Um, I was talking with, I was talking with a woman and you may know her. Uh, she, she, she became kind of famous because of a couple of things that she did back during the mask wearing stuff. Her name, I'm not, and I'm not making fun of her. Uh, her name was Kimberly Rikes is Kimberly Rikes. She was rather well known for, uh, protesting outside of her school with a picture of her daughter. She was sending her daughter to school to wear a mask all of the time. And then her daughter got a massive rash all over her face. And she was like, here's what you did to my kid. Now I look at that and I go, well, who did that to your kid? Was it the school district or was it you as the parent? Kimberly mm-hmm. Rikes kept sending her children back to that school. Even with the thing, you know, the, the, the skin rashes all over her face. So she reached out to me and we talked over, over zoom and it was her and a friend of hers who started an organization where they live. And they were doing what you guys are doing. They were trying to wake up the public to the school district, all the degenerate things the school district was doing, and not just mask wearing. At the time we talked, the masks had been lifted, but it came down to a male stripper showing up at an after-school event in the school on the stage and dancing for the performing arts club of the of the school or whatever it was. The guy's wearing a onesie. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a thong onesie. And, and there he is doing stripper moves. So I said to her, I said, do you, I said, she was a stay at home mom with like three or four kids. I said, do you homeschool your children? She says, no, you know, a couple of them are old enough to go and they go. And then a couple of them aren't old enough to go. And, and I, I looked at her and I said, I understand what you're doing. You're putting your energy over here to wake people up in the district that you're familiar with that you went to and so on. But if you put your energy over here now into your family and your own kids, it's it's going to be far more fulfilling because you can control that and you can't control this thing. She agreed with me and her friend elbowed her like this and and then pointed at me and was like, see, I told you, like, do that. 
she didn't take my advice. She ended up going back to the school board meeting. She undressed herself and she was dressed up in a onesie, just like the male stripper was, to make a point to the whole school district. Like, you allow this? Look what they allow. You can go and look at look up this video on YouTube. And there she is walking around looking at the crowd going like this. It was an antic. And I understand what she was doing, but she was putting her effort in the wrong place. So government wants you to focus on them, which means what should we be focusing on? You know, our kids, our families, protecting, protecting our children. And you can't do it with government intervention. So, yeah, makes sense. But I, I applaud you for what you're doing. You should you should certainly keep communicating, keep doing it. I'm, I, I would never discourage you from that. I would just say that you're, there's an aspect of trying to grab onto something that you can't control. And if you watch that last board meeting, that, that right there should tell you how deep the rabbit hole goes for them. So, and To your point, so we pulled our kids from the district um, in 2019. So thankfully, we, are, you know, we do send them to a charter school. Um, it's a lot smaller. It's out in the woods type of deal. Um, through COVID, they were way better off. We, we basically told them our kids aren't wearing masks and whatever you guys want to do, you do, but we don't, our kids aren't wearing masks and they never push back on us. Um, now we do have our issues with that, but after the shooting, so definitely during the masking, I was encouraging people to pull their kids after the shooting. I was vocal on the Oxford public groups on Facebook, you know, pull your kids. And I was having people from within the district messaging me to your point about panic. They were in panic mode when I was sending that message out and they were telling me how divisive I was, um, you know? And so when I first, uh, (laughs) first board meeting we went back to this year, I made a point about, I think it was this year is when I spoke, it was like, maybe I am divisive. And maybe that's what we need, though, right? It's Is divisiveness a bad thing when you're dividing and you're putting people off in the right direction? I don't think so. Um, nope. But the district, like Kristen was st- starting to say, the culture in this, this community, this district, we call it Team O, you know, and so it's these people that are just, they bleed blue and gold and everything is good, these rose-colored glasses. Mm-hmm. And my family's been around Oxford forever and so when they see my name pop up and then they see some sort of negativity it like immediately goes into panic you know so it's interesting you know i don't know uh, but to your point we pulled our kids from the district um the reason was and i'll just leave this kind of this tidbit but my son came home from school one day at um one of the oxford elementary schools and it literally looks like a prison anyway if you drive by it but he came home and he's like, I don't want to go to that penitentiary anymore. Mm. And he was in, I think if he was in kindergarten and he said the word penitentiary. And I tell the story all the time because it's like, I didn't know that you knew that word, you know, like, where did you learn that word? Yep. Um, but also you're not wrong. Right. Yeah. Like for me to go to his Christmas play, we just told him literally had this conversation last night. I had, we had to buzz ourselves into the front door. We had to buzz ourselves into the office. Then we had to stand in front of the camera and get mugshot pictures and a sticker put on us to oh. say that we were safe to go in. And like, that's, I've been into prisons and it's the same method. 
Yeah. Now, thankfully, our charter school is different. You know, we have this open campus policy and my wife is there all the time helping and our kids, you know, it's just, it's a much better environment. Um, it's not perfect, but you know, it's, it's a lot better of an option. So, you know, your spot. If you're prison, that's uh, Oxford high school is literally a prison right now. So, so, I mean, it's bad. It's Kristen before the shooting, did it feel like that a prison or no? Well, I mean, yes, because we were going through all the COVID stuff and, you know, we weren't allowed in with our kids and you definitely weren't allowed in if you didn't wear a mask. And now since the shooting happened, you know, they have Evolve, which is the weapons detection um, system that they have. Yeah. 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 At the the same time, they want to badmouth homeschooling and saying those kids, look at this. I mean, there's no comparison, you guys. It's, it's a mindset. Yeah. It's a mindset that they had us trapped in all these years. Uh, keep, these keep, kids keep have to, yeah, when they come in, they go through Evolve. Um, if their backpack goes off, their backpacks are searched, and they already have clear backpacks. Um, they have to sign in with a QR code, um, and they have to check in another way, too. They have to sign in with their student ID, and they have to do a, a QR code, and then they can go into the school. And if they want to leave, they have to do the same thing, the QR code, the uh, student ID. You walk out of Evolve. You walk out of the school. You got to walk back through Evolve. Um, it's, it's literally a prison. You can't, there's alarms that go off if one of the doors open, um, and kind of to go off of, you know, all these key people in this shooting that, um, that are still in the district. Um, most of them got promotions. Um, Jill Lamond, who was in charge of safety and security actually now works for Evolve in marketing. Wow. So she was the one that also brought Evolve in. Yeah, she brought. Okay, there you go, Dr. Sean. Now she works for (laughs) with Evolve. She brought them in the school. I mean, it's like it's like the people in Big Pharma for Monsanto. Uh, They work for Monsanto. Then where do they go after that? They go right into the government. Right. It's it's the same thing. Counselors and and the counselors in charge of a counseling organization. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That that kind of stuff. is. But remember, homeschooling is dangerous for your kids. Remember that. Okay. That's see, that's the game they got us stuck in. These people, yeah, parasites, yeah. parasites, exactly what these people are. I, I do think that if we're able, Bobby and I have been talking about for a while, like starting a school or a co-op or something like that. I do think if we have something that is solid people to turn to, we could possibly be effective in getting people to leave Oxford schools. Mm-hmm. I think it's just to be strategized and done the right way. Yeah. And, and you said it right there. It needs to be strategized. I mean, you, this, this, this show right here could start the thoughts of doing it that way, because um, like I said, how many people are thinking this way in terms of this way? They're probably not a lot. A lot of them are just thinking, let's go fight the school board next school board meeting last month. Let's go fight them. No, that's not where the fight should be. 
They know yeah. they in, in the school board banks on that. They know. Well, just let them keep coming here. Mm-hmm. They can say everything they want. Um, nothing's yeah. going to change. We're going to act like we're fighting back with them, but no, we can just laugh. They, you know, after the meeting's done, <laughs> those dummies, they think they did something. Nothing's going to change. Dr. Sean's been in so yeah. many school board meetings and you've done up and you had that viral video a couple of years ago about the mask and all that stuff where you've been doing this stuff for a long time, Dr. Sean, and you know, it's like you're punching a brick wall every single time. It's up to us to think in different, in a different way now. You know, yeah, I, I, I've only I've only spoken at, at two board meetings and I've and I've watched hundreds of them all over the nation. And they are frighteningly similar. They're all similar. It's not different from one state to the next. It's policy. It's procedure. It's OK. Come up to the microphone. Give your two cents. Thanks for participating. Hit the road. And then they're back to doing what they always do. And unfortunately, even in the case of Oxford, when it comes to an actual murder taking place, you still have, of course, people still sending their children back after a murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yes. You know, it's- people don't people don't send their children back to school because there was an abusive teacher there. People stop sending their children to school permanently because of the mask wearing, which, again, I haven't heard a single apology from anybody on that entire lie. So they're not taking any responsibility for mask wearing, which means no. why would they take responsibility for a murder? We submitted our lawsuit to. to the district uh, with the masking. It was the week of or before the shooting. I can't remember. But they actually said, well, should we pull? The, we were encouraged. Do you want to pull your lawsuit now because this tragedy happened? And we said, have they stopped masking the kids? No. Okay, then we still want the lawsuit there, mm-hmm. right? Like just because this happened, and honestly, there we have enough evidence that the masking probably is what helped cause this. I mean, we know the psychological damage that it caused. We know factually that he did not shoot certain kids in that hallway that were not wearing masks that day because he recognized them. Um, I think even the kid in the bathroom was not wearing a mask and he recognized him and he did not shoot him, but he shot the other kid, you know? And so there's enough evidence and we were speaking about it the month and months leading up of the mental impacts that this is having and the anxiety, the depression and all these things. And so after the tragedy, no, we kept the lawsuit going. Mm -hmm. Now, when the County, there was finally enough pressure, the County rescinded the mask mandate, which the irony of that was, it was still peak COVID numbers, right? So all the COVID numbers were sky high and they rescinded the mask mandate. So didn't make any logical sense, but we were glad they did it. But we had to pull our lawsuit. Say, say that but again, like, Kristen. That's what it was. Say that again, Kristen. Um, it was because the vaccine was rolled out. As soon as the vaccine was rolled out, they pulled the mask mandate. Yeah. Ah, wow. You remember they it was written in well, all of their the, emails and all of that. They were pushing. Yeah, we knew that it was coming. They knew we knew that like once it was okay for kids to get it right, then they were going to rescind the mask mandate. But it was peak COVID numbers. There was enough pressure. There were several lawsuits. But so anyway, our lawyers came back and said, "Okay, we got to drop the lawsuit now." And so your point is like, "Well, hold on a minute. Did they not like we believed that there was a physical and mental abuse on these children? That's what the lawsuit was for." Mm-hmm. Now that the mask mandate's gone, did that physical and mental abuse not happen? No. Because we still believe that it happened. It's still and lingering. They said, well, but there's no, 
what did they say? There's no legal standing now. Um, and we were just baffled. We're like, we are saying now, like take any other scenario. Some kid gets physically beat or whatever. Um, you can't, you still can continue with a lawsuit afterwards because like that, that event did actually happen. And they would not, they, the lawyers basically just took our money, ran with it. They knew what was going to happen. Um, and we realized again, like we have no skin in this game. The whole legal system is corrupt as well. Because yeah. you and I, we have no, no way of playing at their level because all the lawyers talk, they're all buddies and they're buddies with the judges and they don't want to make enemies. Right. You know, so it's just. In, in our regular show, yeah. I talk about every Monday night, I, I constantly I'm saying stuff like the way not the, the, the way not to get caught up in their game or in their system is to not be in their system. You know, it's it's a constant that I always keep bringing up. I mean, when we talk about, the, you know, our, our food supply or our, our the, the crazy economy that we're in, I'm always talking about if we don't want to get stuck in that, when that goes down, we got to be make sure that we're, we set up things that we can be out of it. Um, I, this applies in some way, uh, you know, it's just, we, we have to take those steps to eventually get more self-sufficient and, and self-sufficient, not just about, you know, uh, uh, having food and emergency supplies and, and weaponry and, and all. It's also about a frame of mind. It's also, also about the way you want to teach your, your young, your, your family, your kids, uh, you know, your family's family, you know what I mean? So you're extended. Um, it's just, it's a mindset again that I think we all were put into and we're trying to break out of like the matrix, right? Like, like, like some sort of a matrix. Um, it just, it, it's hard for some people to take this information and actually act upon it. But at some point we all reach our point and it's all at a different time, you know, but eventually we will, we, we will act on those, uh, on, on what we're talking about. Oh man, the, you guys, I don't know if you guys expected it to go this route. I didn't, but I really like where we're at and what we did. Um, is there new, new, new things that you guys are thinking about since you've been here with us, Kristen or, or Bobby? I feel like I could sit here and talk for hours and hours and hours about what's going on in Oxford mm -hmm. um, and what has gone on and you know, what continues to go on. We, I mean, we really could talk for hours and mm -hmm. everything, like I've said, is just so mind blowing and you, you try and piece it all together and nothing makes sense, but it all makes sense when you see it from the bigger picture that there is a bigger puppet master that is, um, you know, controlling the strings of what happens with our kids and, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. And, and I think that's what Sean today brought to this conversation is you really blew the lid off of that, Dr. Sean, about looking at it more the you know, the 50,000 foot view instead of looking at it in the hallway view. We're stuck in the hallway. We can't see how this whole system is put together around us. Right. But if you stand back and take a look, wow, this is all connected. They're all protecting each other. Nobody gets in trouble. They just get moved to this school and they can get, keep continuing their, their corruption over here at this school because now that they're, you know, they put somebody in place here, it's all better. Nope. It's all an illusion, an illusion of choice. Um, it's, it's, what are we going to do? I don't know, but you know, keep talking about this kind of stuff and start bringing these, these kind of thoughts to the people that you guys interact with at school. Um, I know you're in different places now than you were in a couple of years ago, but 
you're still in contact with all the people. Hey, a lot of the people that you guys know, a lot of those families, I know those families too. Um, it's, it, it, you know, it's time to re- regroup, refocus, and maybe take on a different path. Is that the right word? Um, Dr. Yeah, Sean, you're yeah, right. And yeah, go ahead. The, uh, to piggyback off of that, what Dr. Sean said earlier is, and something that we realized during all the masking things is people do want solutions. Like they do want to know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they take the easiest route to get there. Mm-hmm. And right now they think the easiest route is the school board. And now we know throughout the last two, three years that the school board can't do much. Mm-hmm. Um, they promised us during the masking, they were going to go against it. They never did. Um, but people, what I've realized and learned is people, everybody wants to be led, you know, because they don't know how to do things, mm-hmm. you know? So Krista and I stepped up during the masking thing and we were leading them into different avenues. Like, this is how we're going to do this, how we're going to do that. And we, there was a thousand, some people that were essentially like following us and across the state even. And I've seen that even with the district, you know, when we pulled our kids from Oxford and now they're at this charter school, there's a lot of parents and families that are reaching out. Why did you pull your kids? I talked, literally to the school board president of Oxford one day. And she was like, Bobby, it's weird that you're fighting this battle here and your kids don't even go here. And I said, I know, but I have friends and family and it's my community still. I'm still going to fight it. Um, She's like, but why did you pull your kids? And I told her now one of her, one of her children actually go to the charter school of my children, you know? And so people, and we've had many families that have asked us do just due to our influence, I guess, of why do your kids go there? Do you like it? We're sending our kids, Mm. you know? And so influence is huge. I think, you know, we both have that here and, um, you know, to that point it's now, okay, well, how do we use that? Because right now we've been fighting the battle at the school boards too. And we know that that's wrong. We know we're not getting anywhere. So what can we do to divert it? You know, and, um, I've got some ideas, you know, going into this meeting this week, you know, I have a school board meeting at Oxford Tuesday. Our charter school has a board meeting Wednesday that I need to be at too. And so I've got some ideas, you know, and we just have to continue talking about it. Like you said, we have to um, share the truth with people, even if it hurts and uh, point them in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. You guys sound like you have enough open mind. And like you said, the influence over there. So you guys are fighting a good fight. Dr. Sean, what's, do you have any final words for them before they, uh, before we end the show today? God bless both of you for what you've experienced and, and what you've seen, and what you've done. There's no doubt about that. I would say continue to lead by example. And if anybody in America is going to show up to a school board meeting anymore, uh, ask yourself the question, how many people are coming up to the microphone and encouraging the public to homeschool their children and to, and to specifically say a Becca.com or CalvertEducation.com or all of these other programs that exist, which are available on a P- free PDF on my website. You can click on the website, click on education documents, and it's the very first PDF that's right there at the top. It's a That's list right. of, again, online programs, books, uh, you know, social media groups that you can get on. And the people in the social media groups for for homeschooling, again, Gab has endless homeschooling uh, groups on, on their social media, as I'm sure X does and Facebook, <clears throat> excuse me, 
You're talking about and a bunch of the others. Gab.com. But th- yep. But but they're they're the most polite people on the face of the planet. And mm-hmm. you get on there and you say, here's my situation. I need help. You know, I'm, I'm looking for help. If you call abeka.com, just call them and say, look, I need help. Help me. You know, it's, it's a vulnerable place to be, but but they'll help you because they understand. That's why they're there. But you'd be hard-pressed to get on Abeka's YouTube page and watch the videos of their families and their children and see all the different possible scenarios that exist and say, well, I, I fit right in the, with that scenario perfectly. That, that's, that, that scenario that they're showing me defines exactly where I am. And they're doing it, and they have smiles on their faces. Now, yeah, it's a commercial, and it's, you know, it is what it is, but it, it's, only, it's only a piece of the framework. It, it, it's that part of the consistency that that is needed in in learning, certainly at a young age, and then they have the freedom to explore, you know, the world that we live in. But if people are hooked to the school clubs, the dances, the sports, the socialization, they're there for the wrong reason. And with all of that aside, again, as I bring up on my show with regularity, if you look at the curriculum, they're not learning the truth about anything. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not being taught to be thinkers. They're being taught to be doers. Yep. <clears throat> and that's very problematic. Exactly. Uh, Kristen, what- Small stones. Yeah. What, what's your uh, final thoughts here, Kristen, before you guys go out? Um, I think we have a new avenue to explore and discuss with other people because I do think that it we do it the right way we could be effective with that because i know how you know the the emotional aspect of this whole thing is what's really driving us to show up to these school boards and do all this and fight 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 and it's exhausting for all of us i know that i lose sleep cry a lot lately <laughs> you know yep. not much of a crier but you know that emotional aspect of it and it's just like a a constant beat down that we're all having and we have the ability to break ourselves from that. So, yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you see it and I'm glad you said it out loud too. So I think that's the biggest thing is we're all fighting our own mental, mental uh, prison that we've been put into, right? That's what it is. And, and some of us, it takes longer uh, to get out of that uh, mental uh, train of thought. Um, but we're all capable of doing it. And I think you guys can probably do that too. Listen, I've had a great time having you guys both here. Bobby, I'm glad you got a hold of me to to put this thing together. Um, you have a school board meeting coming up Tuesday. Um, I'd like to have you guys back at some point. Every time you guys learn something new, keep us updated. We can do this all again. Um, you know, we don't have to just, you know, leave it here at this one. But I think this is a really good jump off point um, for people to to think about. I, you know, hopefully we're able to put enough together here to to actually get some people's gears going. And uh, I know you two are the perfect two to keep it, uh, to, to get it rolling. You know, Truth for Oxford, uh, Bobby Roop and Kristen Carr, you guys, uh, just awesome. I'm glad you guys have been here and, and, and hopefully we can make something good happen around here. It's got to, it's got to, it's got to come loose, right? Yeah. Thanks for having us, Dr. Sean. Appreciate you as well. Thanks for everything. Likewise. Nice meeting you both.
Yep. And you guys, Thank listen, you. I want you guys to stay dangerous and keep me informed of what's going on. All right. We, we, we live near each other. So let us know what's yep. going on. That way you can update the show. Uh, maybe you can come on our big show, our regular show every Monday night. Maybe we can schedule something bigger when we have a way bigger audience. But we had a nice, healthy audience um, today watching. And, you know, there people are thinking about things now. So I, I appreciate you guys and uh, keep up the good fight. Just keep me in the loop and uh, as much as you want. And uh, we'll, we'll just keep on doing this and praying for you guys. All right. We appreciate it. Okay. Thank excellent. You. you guys have a good rest of the weekend. And uh, again, thanks for coming and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you. See you. All right. Bye-bye. There you go, Dr. Sean. That was awesome. I'm glad that you, um, you know, you were here to, to bring on so much of this stuff, man. It's just, it's so big, right? It's so big. I mean, just like on all your episodes, you go in there and you dig deep on these things. And uh, people yeah. actually need to hear it. They Whether it's hard to hear, hard to listen to, some people want to you know, close their ears. I don't want to hear it. It's too hard. At some point, they got to pull these things off their ears and, and start really thinking about stuff. Um, all of us do. Yeah. You know, so. We've all, we, we've all been abused by the system. Yeah. You know, one way or another, we've all been abused by it. And when individuals are continue, you know, continue to be hooked into the system mm-hmm. and then they have children. It's it's one of the it's one of the things that they know and it's familiar and it's not always comfortable, but they send them back to that same system. And what we've found or and everybody has seen, of course, is it hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. It's gotten way worse. There's horrible people at the very top controlling the whole thing. It's evident even in the case of murder, you have no recourse, which should tell everybody, you know, that there's one answer, and that is then don't send them to those environments where you have no recourse and where your children are not safe and where they're not learning the truth. And yeah, that's that's it. It makes sense. I mean, it, it seems so simple when you sit, really sit and think about it. <laughs> We've all for generations, our grandparents, our grandparents' parents. I mean, you go way, way back. It started way back then, and, and, and it's evolved into what we are in today. You know, it's it's yeah. almost like we've we've allowed this trap to get bigger and bigger and go around us and encompass our whole entire, uh, you know, structure of life or society. We've accepted this somehow. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, we, we need to keep digging into this whole education thing. Um, you know, not even just this local level stuff works too, but, uh, you know, we, we need to get together with outcast and, you know, on one of our regular shows with you, Sean, and, you know, go into some of the stuff that you talk about on your show too. There's so many things. Sure. Um, yeah. So, and I'll tell you what. Again, yeah. to to Bobby and Kristen, there, the uh, you know, I, I will move this document your way. The, okay. This, this word document. It's yep. it's very brief, and they've probably seen the same websites. But I really do recommend again taking the baby steps, and you can take baby steps in both directions. Mm-hmm. You can take the baby steps into paying attention to to a Becca and starting to learn and familiarize yourself with that on on their YouTube channel, and then at the exact same time. Why not fill out? Why not file a formal complaint against the school principal and the uh, and the the counselor who are still employees there? There you go. Again, one complaint is one thing. A hundred complaints is something else. A thousand is you know we we have a legal obligation to investigate whether or not this person engaged in a contractual breaking habit, which clearly they did. Mm-hmm. That's beyond evident, and that's not a shock to anybody. But I am beyond floored and surprised that they are still employed. I know. It's crazy, And that man. they haven't even resigned. Yeah. I mean, 
They, they they must yeah. feel protected by the big you know behemoth that's behind them. They they have to be. You know what I mean? No doubt. They they probably yep. just keep being told, hey, just go on out there in front of them and you know put up a good face, put up a good front for the meeting, and then uh, everything will be fine. Just take the heat for a few minutes, and then it'll go away. It'll die back down again. I think that's that's they they know that they know that routine. You know, yeah. the hubris is mind numbing. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, again, to be a, to be a counselor directly having conversations with Crumbly, sending him back, n- not checking anything. And then to be deposed during a court proceeding. I mean, that would be enough to fire him, let alone him want to resign. Yeah. And with no things occurring. Wow. That's a, that's a, a beast all in itself. You know, you brought up his his name right there, and I just I forgot to read this when they were on. I wish I would have read it when they were on. But anyway, uh, Oxford school shooter sentenced to life in prison without parole. Uh, this yeah. was yesterday, wasn't it? it? Says Oxford school shooter Ethan Cromley will spend the rest of his life behind bars. Oakland County Circuit Judge Judge Kwame L. Rowe sentenced him to life in prison without parole, despite being 15 years old um, when he murdered four classmates and injured seven others, including a teacher. Says the te- uh, the terror that he caused in the state of Michigan and Oxford is a true act of terrorism. Judge Rowe said, "Hmm, it, it all could have been stopped. Sure, it all could have been stopped. Yeah, Jeez, that, that, that's sta- it's standard procedure. But that again, that, that's what happens when you hire weak leftists who want to be everybody's friend." And want to send everybody back to class rather than going through the discipline procedure and the search procedure that's supposed to take place. It's mm-hmm. the same in every building. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really isn't any different from state to state or district to district. Yeah. If a kid's drawing guns and going, I'm going to shoot people. Look at this bullet. Look at this video. You'd immediately go, let me let me search you. Yep. That's an immediate thing. So you have a ju- I mean, there's a judgment problem there. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's uh, putting it mildly. Unless you, Unless you don't want any you know, black marks on your, you know, on your precious school system. You know what I mean? Because as soon as you, you file some sort of a complaint like that, it reaches people that say, Hey, something happened here in Clarkson. Uh, we stopped it, but, or, or wherever Oxford, you know, but we stopped it, but here now it's a black mark. So maybe we're not going to give you that funding or that, th- you know, the same thing that happened with that whole Parkland thing. That was, you know, you, you got to keep some of these people, what they do. They uh, kept that, supposed shooter uh they they knew him they knew about him but they had to keep him uh they had to keep the funding up so they couldn't allow this news of him being a bad person to get out no matter the way that whole parkland thing went down some people think it's uh you know it was a a false flag and you know but but either way it was done for a purpose okay so that's you know the people are holding up a lot of different um uh, what's the right word here? Um, I, I already said it in the show, but to, to, to hold on to their whole blue ribbon thing, and I know Oxford's not the blue ribbon thing, but they will hide things so they don't get knocked. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and murder is the consequence. That's what happens when you don't, when you're more concerned with status or mm-hmm. image protection or everything is fine here. Don't worry. Everything is fine. The consequence is, is murder. That's yeah. the consequence of ignoring the truth, not following policy, not following the law. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And then what do they do? Like, like they, they clearly laid out, they turn the entire environment into a police state, there clear you go. backpacks, 
security screenings, picture taking, uh, you know, bullet smelling dogs. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they, they don't that's, focus on the problem. Not an environment I would want my kids to be in. No. Horrible. Horrible, man. It's just sad, you know, and, 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 to, and to think that some people just, they don't recognize the prison that they're in. They just think it's normal, yeah. and that's the way it's got to be. You know, you always say something on your show. You always say, when everybody's thinking the same, someone's not thinking, yeah. right? Uh, it applies here, too. George Patton. Yeah, it, it, it applies here, too. Yeah. Be, you know, I know two people who are thinking, Bobby and Kristen. Yeah. Okay? If they can get more people to think the, in the terms of the, the way they are, maybe they can fix some things. I, I wish them all the best, but... um. Listen, brother, we got to get going. I, it's it's Saturday afternoon. We got things to do, right? It's, it's nice outside. I got some things to do here uh, before it, real winter gets here. So, um, there I just you go, man. yeah. Thanks for the invite. Well, I'm you know thank you for being here and, and filling in for Outcast today. Um, like I said, he had the other obligations for family, and that that's cool. And uh, I'm glad you're here to bring out. You know, I think you really kicked it out of the park here. Um, with so much knowledge, a lot of information for people to think about. And I appreciate you for being here. Also, I appreciate uh, Bobby Roop and Kristen Carr from uh, Truth for Oxford. I'm glad you guys joined the show today or joined us here on the show today. And um, share it with everybody you guys know. All right. I want the stuff to get out there. Um, that's what's really got to happen is, is people need to start thinking about these things in different ways. That's when you're going to accomplish things. Okay. On social media, you guys can find me on Truth. Social, uh, uh, True Social, Instagram, Gab, Rumble, Twitter, Telegram. You guys read the description down below. That's where all the links and all, all the stuff to, to, to reach us. And with Dr. Sean, you're going to send me that link, and I'll send that over to them. Your website yep. is there on my website, too, and or on the uh, description of the, tonight's show, AmericanEducationFM.com. You guys go check him out. Um, also, if you guys have something relevant, interesting you want to say, anytime. All right, email the show, Dangerous Info Podcast at protonmail.com. And remember, every Monday you can join us here live, <clears throat> 7 p.m. to 9 Eastern. All right. We have a, another big show coming Monday night. Uh, we got a guy coming on, a friend of ours, Rick Ector. He's coming on talking about the Michigan gun laws that are headed our way. Um, it's not a good thing. All right. So we're going to talk about it this Monday coming here. Um, I just want to say thanks again to listening to the show, watching out there, participating with everything today, you guys. Thank you a bunch. I am Jesse James. He's Dr. Sean Brooks. And you guys remember, as you go through the week and the weekend, remember to be bold, be courageous, stay alert, and don't fall for the government media complex propaganda. It's coming at you at every level of your life. There are solutions to all this stuff. And I think we talked about some of that tonight. It's up to you guys to act on these solution ideas. We love you guys. God bless. And stay dangerous, my patriot friends. Stay dangerous. The word smart, right? Remember when smart came along? Smart car, smart mm-hmm. phone, smart meter, smart watch, smart everything. People, you yep. know, I, I I knew right away when I first heard it, um, it was, you know, S-M-A-R-T. People just think it's smart, like intelligent. It's not, okay? Smart, what it stands for, it's an acronym. Self-monitoring analysis and reporting technology. Smart. I had no idea. I'm going to repeat that again. Self-monitoring analysis and reporting technology. Okay. Wow. What this is, 